Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is Sam Denning, your host of The Rift, Enlightenment Within the Divide. Joining us in the conversation today is Connor Roth, a Marshall University senior, uh, a digital forensics uh, student, uh, basically computer science, a pretty intelligent guy. And he's been going to Marshall for the last several years, so he has seen a drastic change in the way he has done his college living and on-campus life due to this COVID-19 pandemic. So um, please join us in this conversation, and uh, let's hear what Connor has to say about the state of the university here in Huntington, West Virginia. the new tunes man yeah i thanks. like them a lot you know i i tuned into the previous ones before and i i, I kind of like the vibe more with this one that's pretty good yeah uh for reasons i don't really want to say on <laughs> the actual podcast i had to not play the previous song anymore and i found better music so you're gonna get big enough to where they'll care so we're, we're still getting there we're still getting yeah there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know 20 views or not I mean, 20 listens a week you know that'll get me somewhere my, We're going to get to 200 within the year. Yeah. So it's going to happen. I'm hoping. So anyway, uh, Connor, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, as those those here that may be listening to this can tell, you know, all these younger generations are just used to this kind of stuff. And Connor Pretty actually much. does have experience in this type of work. I do. I, I actually work at a local radio station. I'm kind of a radio brat myself. My uh, my dad worked at a radio station in Charleston for several years. Still, still works there actually. So I've been around this whole shebang for quite a long time. Okay, and we may get into more of that as this podcast goes along. Um, but the the main reason that I wanted to have this conversation with you is I know that you are living real time in the um, during during the pandemic, and right. you are yeah. you've been back to school now for what two weeks, something like that, maybe just a little over. I'm, I, it's kind of weird not being in that same. Like, I mean, when you're in university, it's 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 basically a job, especially if you're a full-time student, right? And it's kind of weird, you know, working. For, I mean, you're st- again, you're a student, but you're still working from home, right? It's kind of weird being in an atmosphere like your home, right? And having to do to work and focus in your home when you're so used to, you know, that, that's a place where you, you know, you're a college student. You don't, like, you don't want to do schoolwork, right? You go to the library, you do whatever. And it's kind of difficult to concentrate sometimes. It's real easy to... You know, put the professors on mute because you're using Microsoft Teams or whatever and just like, you know, not pay attention. So that that's that's kind of a struggle. I'll, I'll be totally honest, be uh, transparent on that okay, part. Okay, so lay this out for everybody. Are all of your classes online? Um, all of them but one. One's a hybrid course. And something that uh, Marshall's been doing, and they've been pretty strict on this, so kind of good for them, um, is a hybrid course means that, like, I have, I'm taking a biology course, so that partially involves a lab. So I have to go into to the university once every other week uh, just to participate in this lab. And they're really stringent on the health checks. So only when you have to go into campus, you have to do these health checks. And if you miss the first one, it's kind of okay. They give you, you know, a slap on the wrist, say, hey, you need to do this. And then I believe it's three times afterwards, you get a suspension for, for not doing these health checks. Wow. So as opposed to just like asking you like, hey, did you do this? Let's you know give you a temperature check. They're like, nope, three times suspended. I'm like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> wow. So what yeah. what what is their um? So let's kind of go down a list here. Sure, sure. What what specifically you know do they have almost all the classes? Like what classes are online? All of them, other than the ones you have I, to have hands on, or do people have a choice of doing any class in person that they want? I mean, they're obviously going to prefer you if it's possible to do it off campus. But in the case of like biology, when you have to go in and do some lag, labs, you know, you got a cup and frog or whatever. They want you to be in person there and they want you to be, you know, actively participating in the lab. But even still, I'm kind of like, you know, if, if you're only going to have me be in lab once every other week. So what? That's twice a month to be in person for a class. Otherwise, just, you know, some of the lectures are just online anyway. I don't even see a real point, you know, and another thing that they were doing is I have some friends that are just doing purely online courses, right? So they actually got a bit of a price deduction because they don't have to be on campus at all. 
because that you know you know if you don't have to have personnel be there why pay them right so you get you get a little bit of that money as a kickback and another thing that they did usually you have to pay extra for online courses so they actually kicked you know they they bumped that price off and gave us a bit of a refund so i mean it's it's kind of ridiculous that i even have to go in there at all it's kind of just like you know if you're going to have me go into campus just have me go into campus not twice a month or just you know remove it entirely but as far as I know, I mean, there there are still a, probably a handful because I they're underclassmen. They're like, oh, these health checks are obnoxious. They have to do them all the time. But I, I have to do it once a week, so it's kind of like it's not even that big of a deal. But yeah, all, so when, all or none. What is it? What is a health? <laughs> what is a health check actually consist? So it's like you you go into your Marshall page and and you you know you submit the health check and they ask you like, okay, is your temperature exceeding a hundred degrees? No. Have you hung out with anyone that you know of that has COVID nineteen? Okay, no. Uh, has have you been advised by a medical professional? Uh, no. Okay. Well, you're good to go. Here's your passport to go in. They don't even check that. They, they don't even look at it. Um, yeah. The second yeah. you admit to all that or don't admit to it, you're removing yeah. all liability from the yeah, university. Exactly. That's yeah. that's kind of the idea. And it's very fascinating. So they are discounting some people's education, right? So now, now, for instance. For instance, you, you do have some hybrid classes, right? Right. I have literally have one hybrid class. So are you paying full tuition? I am paying, um, I am paying quote unquote full tuition. Um, but it could have been cheaper had this one class not even been in person. I mean, they also gave, I believe like whenever the whole COVID thing started, uh, which, you know, which was towards the end of last semester, they gave us some money, but I think they, I believe they gave us like $500 back. Um, and, and then that's when they started doing the lockdowns and everything. And some of my classes, professors just kind of like gave up They're like, well, we didn't plan for this. Here's your grade. Some of them were kind of trying to hang on, but I mean, I'm a, I'm, you know, in the STEM field, I'm, I'm in digital forensics. So I was already doing a lot of stuff online anyway. So it wasn't that big of a transition for me, but you, know, you always have those BS courses. You always have those, you know. Uh, those biology courses like I'm taking now that you don't really need, but they still make you take anyway. But I, I would say I'm getting a reduced sort of, you know, tuition, but not as low as I think it should be, especially because again, I'm having that one in class, you know, class. So. Yeah. I wonder like if you were living on campus, which right. they still allow people to do, right. Mm-hmm. Are the cafeterias yeah. open? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I believe, well, I don't know. To what extent I haven't, you know, I, I haven't had to eat in a cafeteria. I haven't been on campus for, I believe, three years. Um, but they have this new addition called the Den, which is just like a Denny's that they added to campus. And some of the people that are that I've been taking classes with virtually are like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in here doing classwork or whatever. So I, I believe that they're still open because, I mean, they have yeah. to be. Because I know um, they've basically gotten rid of all sports in the fall that don't make any money for the university. Right. right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always something there for the, right. uh, you know, I still don't understand. And I know that they try to do social distancing and things at the Marshall football game. And obviously if you've been listening to my podcast, you know, my slant somewhat politically, <laughs> but the virus shouldn't be political. So you're either, no. you either buy all of the stuff that you're getting right. or you don't, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, but I find it, totally fascinating that they allowed 12,500 people to get into a stadium <laughs> in Huntington when, when the, when the, I don't care how socially distanced yeah. you are, the, that is literally one fourth of the population of the entire town. We'll ignore that. Yeah. How do you make that make <laughs> sense? And yet, you know, there's tennis players, and, uh, I don't know, you know, cross country runners and all kinds of other fall sports that, aren't getting to do their sports. So in it, I can't help but think, but I'm not living in it. So you are, Yeah. do you feel like you are getting the true college experience? No, I don't. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm a senior, right. And usually when you, when you tend to phase out of, you know, the, the nuances of college, I'm going to party. I mean, I I never really parted that much to begin with, to be honest. I, I kind of find it expensive and boring to be honest. Um, but that whole that it, it's it's kind of yes and no because yes in that I want to be in the classroom because I am focused. If I am in my room in my desk, look, I'm a computer guy. I got a can I swear here? Am I am I yeah, allowed you, to? You, okay, you. I got a pretty badass computer and I got some pretty cool stuff in my room. And it's really hard to just you know, I mean, discipline is a huge thing, 
And I know as a senior, I should probably have more discipline than I than I have now. But when you you know when you're a nerd, you got these cool toys and you want to mess with them, and you don't really want to pay attention to that professor. So not being in the classroom is such a big deal. And you know, it I don't I don't I also want to avoid people as well because I mean, sure, we're absolutely in a pandemic, and if you have an excuse to not be around people, I don't want to go to the library. If if I'm if I have to be in the situation, I'm going to participate from my room, right? It's it's just the whole concentration aspect, you know how how do you expect me to focus when I'm in my space, right? When I'm in you know the place where I want to relax. I always thought that that was really hard. Yeah, you know, I, I actually want to not because last last uh, podcast I talked to a high school educator in Cabell County, and I kind of want to translate what you're saying okay. um, into, you know, primary school and middle school and high school. I mean, we're we're expecting these kids to be able to do basically online college class yeah. sort of learning and have right. the discipline to keep it all together. Right. I mean, and, I, I and, am, and if they don't have the discipline to keep it all together, we're expecting yeah, every I'm, one of their <laughs> caregivers to not have a job exactly. and be able to stand behind I, them and do nothing. Yeah, I'm 21, almost 22 years old. And man, it is hard to focus yeah, already. It, I can't, ex- you cannot expect yeah, a it, seven, eight, 10 year old. And let, when you're in a 15 year old, I mean, it's yeah. impossible. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, is that they're, they're relying more on the people at the house to make right. sure this gets done. And, and that doesn't I'm, even you know, I'm any... a, I'm a tax paying person. It's like, yeah. okay, so uh, reduce some of my property taxes. So I'm getting some of this age, educational sure. money back. If I am going to be one of, you know, the educators of my child. Look in the state of West Virginia, if you are hauling out, I don't know the exact counties, but if you're having buses with food, I know, I know you know what I'm talking about, oh, where they yeah. have buses. If you are telling, you know, the schools that they are responsible to feed their children, which you're basically saying the parents aren't responsible how do you expect the parents to make sure their children have a solid education anyway if they can't even be responsible enough to feed their own damn kid? I, I don't understand. Yeah, that. my thing is, I mean, they're taking on a tremendous more amount of the, the actual education part mm-hmm. of it. You know, you used to always have to be there and, you know, good parents and parents of children that generally succeed do. Sure. They are involved in their kids' sure, education. Sure, 100%. Yeah. But they're still having to be that involved plus actually somewhat educating them during the day you mean being a parent yeah yeah well i mean you know they're they're actually having to physically yeah. be there during the school right. time you follow what i'm saying right. I mean, so my point is they yeah. should you know you should they should be getting reduced property taxes but unfortunately during this time they're probably going to get increased property taxes. sure and, and i don't mean to say that to sound unfair yeah you absolutely have parent. i'm sure that there are a number of parents that you know can't that aren't uh, afforded the luxury to work from home either you know, I, I'm sure they're still trying to make ends meet. Maybe they don't have that necessarily what I would say, like a career job. Maybe they still have to work, you know, the food industry or whatever, and they can't be with their kid 24-7. That's pretty rough. So I, I would. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of my whole point with this, yeah. the level of expectation. Right. So, like, if the kid, if the parents are not there physically in the home. Sure then the level of expectation for the counties on a high school and middle school level, the level of expectation for the student Mm -hmm. is tremendously high. Right. It's like, here, we're going to dump you in there. You don't have really anybody at your house and you're going to have to figure it out. You're going to have to act like a college student. And most of them drop out because they can't handle this kind of stuff. Sure. Or the opposite could be true that they still have the level of expectation for that, but the parent is home. Mm -hmm. And then their expectation is that that parent, fill in the, the void. So it's just a complete cluster. And I have had, um, and I'll just throw this in cause I don't want this whole conversation to go this direction specifically, but it's just interesting. Um, you know, I had a son that, uh, he had a temperature when he went to preschool on Friday and it was just a barely over a hundred point four and they wouldn't let him out of the car and wouldn't let him go in. Sure. He went home and he had hives like a rash on him. Now my son is a very allergic kid. Okay. So like he can just touch anything and get hives. <laughs> sure. Or some sort of skin irritation. But we got worried, you know, this is the uh, age of COVID. So we thought, well, man, you know, maybe it's COVID. It's a rash. He had a small fever, but we checked his fever when he got home and he mm-hmm. never had a fever again. Interesting. So 
call Med Express. Yeah, are you scared that you're in the room with me now? No, you might I'm be around not. somebody that's got I'm COVID. Not. I am. Okay, well, know. listen to this. We take him. We take him to go get his uh, COVID nineteen test, and we mm. park out in the parking lot and call up the Med Express, and uh, they come out and they talk to us with their face shields on and everything. And oh no, he doesn't exhibit enough symptoms to even administer a test. Huh. Yeah. So, okay. Um, and all I want to step back and say is, is it really that big of a deal? Like it, we're making everybody scared to death. Yeah. yeah. Here is a young kid. The whole point is you don't want them to bring it back to their grandparents. That's what right. you're being told. Sure. And I have a kid that I think, Hey, he ought to be tested and they don't even test him. Yeah. So <laughs> do you really care? Is it a priority to get rid of this or is it really just more expedient and very good to have everybody scared to death. I think that's an interesting question, but on the flip side, I think that, I mean, they, they, they've also said, you know, the younger individuals, um, I, I don't, I believe what's the oldest or the minimum at risk. What is it? Hot fifties or is it forties? Something like know, that. That's, like, but like your children are generally not at risk. I mean, they could, I mean, be carriers. I believe that they said that mm-hmm. but the children themselves are not necessarily at risk. Yeah. And I'm not so worried about my child dying, but you know, the, the reason all this is going on with the schools is that they're afraid of the caregiver might be a grandparent. You follow what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So like, if you're worried right. that my son might have COVID and you don't want to let him in well, the school, why wouldn't you, if he's actively, actively seeking a test, right? Why wouldn't you give it to them? Well, I, and I, I the reason that, is, is because honestly, they don't give a shit. Sure. <laughs> you, <laughs> probably something you, to do you, with see, it. you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, if they the really same... cared and this whole thing that they're feeding us was yeah. true. Yeah. And I'm not saying the virus isn't true, but sure. this whole scare was true. The scare narrative. They yeah. would have, they would have tested him immediately. Sure. And it, so it's kind of like, oh, he didn't check this box and this box. So insurance won't pay for it. So we don't really want to do it. Uh, of course, that, that's the infamous insurance. So, yeah, and so I find that to be another sign that's actually happened in my life that just makes sure. more of this more well, crazy. What, what I don't understand <laughs> is if you're if you're so scared, right? If 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 you choose to live in fear, excuse me, and that's your narrative, cool. But don't you know? Don't scare everyone else. If you are an educator, if you are a caregiver and you are within that scope, I don't know the exact, you know, at risk uh, age, whatever that, all that is. But if you are in that, then either find a workaround or just don't do it, you know, because at the end of the day, if you're a teacher, these children need to be educated. You're a teacher, you know that. So you either need to find, you know, some like uh, where, where my, where my brother goes to school in Crosslands, what they've, what they are currently doing is they just have, they just have the webcam right for the teachers. But I don't understand why that couldn't be the reverse. Why could you not have the kids actually in the school, but then the teachers just remote in, for example? That just removes the whole at risk for someone who's older. That makes far more sense than I am. And then someone who's you know in their twenties, in their thirties, who are not within the range of the, I guess you know being in danger or whatever of death then why not have them, you know, round up all the kids, right? Why not do it that way? Why not try to shift it to a way that can still keep things moving, but still, you know, but still be safe about it? That doesn't make sense to me because it just seems like you're right. People are just living in fear and that's all they care about. They're just, you know, they're just wallowing in this fear and not doing anything about it. Why not just try to do more of a workaround? Because right now we're in a state where, sure, I I think the way they're doing it with universities I think is pretty accurate is a pretty good way to do it because again you still have to have those in person classes but with these kids you're gonna have these you know these teachers that are several years older you know that are in their forties fifties what have you why not do something like that Yeah I I'm a firm believer that you know the kids are probably gonna be fine you know you're gonna mm-hmm. have that one in a couple million that some you know something sure. happens to but you know their whole and I want to when I say there I mean like the media representation right um is that you know all of this is happening because you know they they could be uh carriers and my thing is is if you really as a government Mm. if it was really that big of a deal and it was going to wipe out mankind like they're almost making everybody think wouldn't you just quickly test everybody and then the people that had it are, 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 you know, they just self quarantined for two weeks. Hold know. on, he, hear me out. And then the people that don't have it. So, okay, let's, so let's stop there and say, okay, they're not doing that, right? 
They're not just blanket right. testing everybody. And they shouldn't do that because it inf- infringes on your individual right. liberties. Yeah. But let's just say that would be what you would ideally do. Okay. Okay. You follow me? Sure. Well, let's take that out of the equation. Let's go one step less. Wouldn't you then at least treat the people that are actively asking you to give them a test? So you're not forcing it upon them. They're Right? So like if you're pushing that narrative, mm-hmm. so here's my son and his parents are saying, give him a test. Yeah. We think he might have, no. So what if he does have it and he spreads it? That's he's not that's, exhibiting symptoms, right? Yeah, not enough. Carrier. Yeah. Not enough. Right. Enough to make it so he can't go to school. And my thought is to, to, to in my brain, make it seem more political, more bogus, is that they didn't do it. Therefore, it tells me he can go around and spread it and we don't care. And I we don't so. care because it really isn't that big of a deal. I think that you're, <laughs> I think, you see I think you're onto something there, but <laughs> yeah. I, I think that I think that money talks more than people's lives do to some extent. And I, I think that I mean that that that's kind of the harsh reality, I think. And I think that they're just of the mindset of okay, he's he's a kid, he's probably fine. We're not we're just yeah. going to well, ignore it. And and people forget, and I, I said this too. Any and we thought he was basically, you know, was fine. Mm-hmm. But all of the other ailments in the world that have existed up to present haven't just disappeared. You know, the sure. tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of kids that are, you know, that age range, um, they still get skin rashes every day. And it's not because of COVID-19. So now we've put that in people's forefront that, you know, if they have a skin rash, it's, it's COVID-19 first and foremost. It's like, right. no, the 99.999% of the th- stuff that it was prior to COVID-19 still exists. Yeah. And they're still out there floating around. Sure. So, you know, it's likely that it's that. But, you know, like you said, money talks in, in the way that this has all been going down is fascinating. Like I was telling you, they probably didn't get paid by insurance because it's not enough of the correct right. symptoms. Right. So it's fascinating how this virus works as far as the money side goes if anything they can do to make it the cause of death it will become the cause of death right right anything that they can do to not make it a reason to test because they won't get paid they won't they won't call it the reason for it you see what i'm saying it's both extreme one of my brothers brought this up oh yeah Yeah, but one one of my and I don't want people to think I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm just laying out things that a ration, a person thinking rationally would think, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I'm led to believe X, Y, and Z. And I got a son that's exhibiting some symptoms and he's not even being tested. Not, yeah. They're not even going to try it. Yeah. It, it just, yeah. that basically full stop makes no sense to me. Yep. Especially in the narrative of every time I turn the TV on or listen to the radio, I hear xyz and then this happens to me it's like okay it doesn't 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 make any sense when is the when is the negative never pushed you know if, yeah. if, if, it can, if it's the worst thing that's possible it will be pushed so the worst thing that is possible is covid19 but the people who are actually in the know-how the people who actually know what the hell's going on which are these medical professionals see okay well i see uh, I, I see this young boy who is exhibiting things that are probably not COVID, and even if they are, it's not going to affect him. Yeah, it's probably roseola, or it's probably fifth's disease, or it's probably it's, something, something else. Yeah, whatever. just yeah. whatever. He he put on a shirt that had dog hair on it, and he's super allergic to dogs. Um, Great. well, one last note. I was going to say my brother brought this up the other day, and I won't mention any names, but he's he's so true too. And this is about the testing. Yeah, how is it that people in the NFL and the NBA? They can spit into a cup, and that will tell whether or not they've got COVID nineteen. But for the average person, to in order to actually get tested, you they have dig to through your brain. Yeah, man. they have to touch. <laughs> they have to tickle your freaking brain yeah. through your nostril. Yeah, which nobody wants that. So it's a determinant. I, I mean, it may just be a different form of testing. You know, they're like there are a number. Of, oh, it's definitely a different form of testing. I mean, but w- does it benefit them more? Probably. Wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. you want it to be a test that you wouldn't think twice about? I would want it to be a uniform. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I don't necessarily think it needs to be uniform, just that you wouldn't think twice about it. Sure. Someone might think twice about having someone jam something up their nose and tickle their brain. Sure. You know, and they go, hey, you know, I don't think I'm that sick. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or I'll oh, just spit in this cup. Sure. It's a determinant. 
you are going to deter people from taking it. And I'm not a big believer in all this kind of stuff in the first place, but my point is they make you think that you should be. So why aren't these, why aren't these issues like easier? Right. Well, you know, so back to the college campus thing, because we kind of went down this tangent, but Mm -hmm. it's been fresh on my mind and I see what is happening to you. I, I own property. I own property near the university. Mm. It worries me that this may be the future of university learning, um, which requires people to not have to live near campus to actually attend a university. Sure. Um, you might as well have gone to University of Phoenix online. Um, I don't know if that's a thing anymore, but it was big when I was in college, um, which was an online university. But, you know, it will drastically affect me and universities were leaning this way anyway you know like we talked about they were already going towards online learning but not fully this was kind of the tipping point for colleges i think it's probably somewhat okay but for the you know high school middle school i think it's it's absolutely absurd but from your viewpoint, do you see this becoming the wave of the future for post-high school education? I th- I think that there's probably going to be some truth to that. I think that, but, but again, like I said before, there is something totally different than working at home and working in a dedicated classroom. See, I, I live in an apartment, as you know, um, and I don't necessarily have a dedicated office space there's only so much room for me, you know, my, my roommates and I, and that's about it. You know, it's not like, sure, we have our own, we have your, you have your bedroom, but you go to your bedroom to sleep. You know, you go to your bedroom to relax. You don't go to your bedroom to, if you're in a dorm, you have to, but even still in a dorm, whenever I was in the dorm, I would always go to the library because it was way better just to, just a different headspace, just a different, you know, just a different state. Um, but it's, it's, again, it's just far more difficult to concentrate there. So there either has to be a discipline that is built up over this time period or, or yeah, it's, it's going to be forced that way. And if it is forced that way, then I think you're going to see a decline in just overall learning because it's, it's, it is, it is, it truly is difficult to concentrate because I have, you know, when I'm in the classroom, I don't have my dog. I don't have this. I don't have that. I just have myself and my instructor and that's it. Yeah. You know, what is, there's already the question of what's the difference now with YouTube, Google and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you, you know, when I was in college, it was a little bit different than when you were in college. Cause this stuff was not really that prevalent, but now it could really, you know, even before the pandemic, it could be said, well, you could just figure all this. You could teach yourself all this stuff yeah. through now. If it's definitely all online all the time, then you might ask yourself other than the piece of paper you're going to get for sure. graduating. Why, sure. the, why the hell wouldn't I just, uh, Take teach myself what I want. Yeah, the the paper all it is is, is it's a quote unquote security. That's all it is. As a digital forensic major, just to give like the cliff notes of how this thing basically works, I technically speaking do not have to go to university for this degree. What my job, what my future career path really um, is, uh, um, really relies on is other pieces of paper that are far more important. I have to have certifications to work on X, Y, and Z that are in no way, shape, or form dependent on me graduating from Marshall University. Me graduating from Marshall is just nice to have. I, you know, I, I got I get a reduction for going there in state tuition and it's and it's cheaper for me to go there and it's a good it's a good reputable university. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think there's still a lot of value in the whole college experience thing, you know, not living at home anymore and, and doing that. Well I th- what I'm asking is I think do you think that the value in it will be lessened if it's always on fully online? I, th- I think so. Yeah. I mean, uh, Harvard, Yale, you know, thank God big... you've gotten your whole thing basically. <laughs> right, before. right, right, right. But like, I mean, Harvard, Yale, the, you know, those major colleges that everyone knows about from all over the world, they post their lectures, they post their curriculums online, maybe not current ones, but they have older ones. You can absolutely go online yeah, and learn what and, you want to learn and learn what you want to learn. You just don't have that. And again, generally in the STEM field, you just have to present projects and things that you've done. So I think the whole, you know, 
college, you, you know, you going to an esteemed university is probably going to, you know, dwindle down, especially because we're in, we are absolutely in this age where you have to, you literally have to depend upon technology in order to do your career, in order to do your job right now. You, you're, you're probably going to see a decline in just overall university attendance. Yeah, and some of I these smaller so. universities, yeah. some of these smaller universities that have been struggling, may start mm-hmm. to come back a little bit because they are able to social distance and are. Sure. And you know, we're talking about this as though it's going to last for years, but I think while while the panic of the pandemic may not last for years, I think, and I've said this since the start of this, I think that the changes that it's having to our everyday life will last for ever. No, 100%. You know, what it's doing to the university structure, what it's doing to the classrooms. You know, once once these high schools and once once all these uh, local county districts all over the country realize, you know, we could have been taking people's temperatures all along and stopped the spread of the flu and stopped. I mean, why would they stop doing it? I do not foresee a situation where they ever stop asking you these questions ever. Probably not. It removes yeah. their liability for everything health wise. It's like it, the same logic can be used for every fricking disease that has already existed and is already known. Sure. It's just, we didn't have a massive panic about it before. And in my opinion, for political reasons, we have a huge panic about this one mm-hmm. and it's going to forever change our lives. Some of it may be for the better, most of it for the worse. Because if you use the same logic for why we're doing it, then you'll never stop doing it because, like I said, mm-hmm. it'll protect us from the influenza. It'll protect right. us from, I mean, why wouldn't you do that if you're right. saying it's going to, like, if you <laughs> if you stop doing it all of a sudden, then that would lead one to think you don't care about the deaths from everything else. Sure. Right. Well, I mean, would, would, <laughs> would you rather would you rather live in that? So let's let's assume no, COVID is I eradicated. Would, I, let's assume it's no longer a factor. Or if it is, it is on the level of the flu. Would you rather live in that, or would you rather live in the pre-COVID age? I guess as we call it, you know, the pre the pre-COVID yeah, age. I hundred percent agree. I, yeah, I mean, you, what is life has risk? No, hundred percent. The moment you walk out your your door out of your home, there, there's a risk. You know, it, get over it. You either live or you don't. Yeah. It, in, all, in all honesty. You yeah, know? And I'm not, you know, like you would do any other time, you know, if yeah. someone's sick, you choose to either stay away from them or you choose to say, yeah, you know, I don't really right. care. It, you know, I just see in you some, you're going to be, you know, I had a true college experience and I think, you know, I had, I lived in the dorms and I moved off campus. I went to Virginia tech and I had a very traditional education. You know, I was in college when people didn't text message. So like that wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. I remember one of my days. So this gives you kind of like a time frame. Uh, I am like a younger adult, but I was like on the fringe of, you had these things called for your cell phone peak and off peak minutes. I don't know if you even know what that is. Know. But is that like electricity? Yeah. Is like well, no, it was like <laughs> it, it may have been the usage of the cell phones. Okay. So in the in the peak and off peak, you could pay extra money to have your um, off peak time earlier. Oh wow! So like usually it was nine p.m. Yeah. So you could have like three hundred minutes that you could talk when it was peak during the daytime. Once it reached nine p.m. You had unlimited minutes. You could talk to anybody you wanted all day long after 9 p.m. from 9 p.m. to like 9 a.m. Okay. Okay. You could pay an extra like $20 a month to have that peak time move down to 8 p.m. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I can't tell you how many two and $300 cell phone bills I had because (laughs) I would talk to too many people before the that time. So, and then you would have to pay for individual texts and nobody texts. Yeah. It was like... It was at that time, it was, my dad said, hey, do you want to get this texting plan? And I was like, who texts? Yeah. So. Now people just don't talk. And that was in the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Now nobody talks. Yeah. It's the total opposite. Oh, I hate that. Do you you like texting? 
I hate texting. I, I do both, but well, you know me. I do. Yeah. I'll I do everything, but I just I just like to communicate, See, and I'd prefer to talk. Yeah, I'm just instant. I'm just like I want to I want to know right now. Yeah. I don't want to wait. Texting's good for I'm outside. <laughs> sure, I'll if, be there in ten. You're minutes. busy in a minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, the the point is, is I had a pretty traditional college experience. Uh, the internet changed pretty drastically while I was there, but it still wasn't that sure crazy. Um, you know, you could still, I went to a university where the internet was so good there and there was still like 99% of the world had crappy internet that when yeah. you played video games against them, they were lagging so bad that you could just walk around and like cut their heads off in the yeah. video games and they had no time to, they just, next thing you know, they were, uh, dead. Although that probably doesn't happen as much anymore because everybody has a reasonable internet, but we're talking like most of the people there were still dialing up. Oh, dial up was the worst. Yeah. And then I was I on something, it. you know, that had, yeah. but so I can't imagine, you know, I got where I'm going with this is there was a lot of socializing. You know, people didn't text much. You talked yeah. to people, you physically got around people. Mm-hmm. You know, you had tons of group meetings in person. Right. Um, I just think that's important. Uh, I don't. I don't see how that. You know, you can still have and talk to people over right. phones and no, text no, 100%. And, and you Zoom. I know exactly. I think what you're you, yeah. So yeah, my I, my thing is, do you think? So I've told my thoughts on it, but what? How much? Maybe try to put it as a percent. How much do you think that, what percentage of the college experience do you think that is, like in, in value to your, your experience? I think that you don't know what you have until it's gone. And I think that, like like I said before, I generally would try to stay away from campus as much as, co- as, much as possible. And a lot of upperclassmen generally do. But I still like the people who I would go to campus for, you know, maybe three or four times a week, or whatever. I still kind of miss being able to see him, right? Like, oh, hey, you know, Nick, how you doing? Like, I haven't seen you in forever. How are you? Like that. I, I still miss that. You know, I've, st- I've still made a number of great friends during my time at university. And it kind of sucks not being able to see him. For, I mean, for that fact alone, I think that that's important because, you know, f- grow, I'm sure you can attest to this as well. Graduating from high school, I talked to maybe four or five people, but I've made far more friends during, during university, people that I'll talk to for forever, people that I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I may not have classes with them anymore, but I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? We still hang out or whatever. I think that that is a valuable part that is missing. And I think that, you know, this social distancing is going is going to be far worse than people are realizing because we're very social creatures, right? We really want to talk to people. Um, I, in not being able to talk to someone in person is still very, you know, it's, it's still a loss. It really is. I think that not the education aspect of it, but just the social aspect, because you go, sure. We, we talked about doing those, you know, other online universities, but you are still missing the college experience of being able to meet these new people. Sure. You're getting that education, but you go to university to meet the people who you're probably going to, you know, have at your wedding, for example. Yeah, well, let's talk kind of about weddings. Sure. Um, don't you don't don't a lot of people use college as a time to court other women? Yeah, 100%. Well, we're, we're both yeah. men, so let's talk yeah. about courting women instead of yeah. courting men. But like, you know, and the same thing for high school. I just heard my nephew talking on a, a podcast about how he doesn't he he's unable to be around any of his friends his senior year in high school. That's rough. Like he doesn't see. How yeah. do you find a girl? Like, are you saying now, and I know people find women online and stuff, sure. and there's nothing wrong with that, right? but like the traditional methods of courting a lady, mm. you know, taking her out on a date, meeting her in class. What do, you, do you, what do you do? Meeting. Try to wink at somebody on a Zoom meeting? I, I guess so. You're like, you know. I mean, what, what do you do? <laughs> you, you, you PM and say, talk to you after class. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. But well, I, I mean, <laughs> it's eliminating major important yeah. things. Oh, the... um, and I know that we're talking about this as though it's like doomsday for this, but <laughs> I, and that it will never get back to normal. But I... <laughs> I mean, I would I already believe say, firmly that it won't. I would, I would already say that my generation is very reliant on dating apps as it is, and we don't talk to people face to face, so we're probably already used to it. Um, but no, I think you, I think you make a valid point. Um, 
that that's that's going to be rough. It's it's still going to be rough, e- even if you're you know in your actually I, I actually the more I think about it, I don't even know because if you're if you're of my age, so I'm 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 21, almost 22 years old. I'm Gen Z. I think that's what they call it. Uh, us uh, Gen Zers, uh, or is, do they call us Zoomers now? Is that what they call us? Zoomers, or I know like boomers were the, is that what it's called? Yeah, the boomers I, were the ones that are my parents' yeah, the, generation. The, the, the boomers in your generation are, it's still not going to matter for them, but the zoomers uh, were, it may not even make a huge difference because we're, you know, we were conditioned to swipe right or whatever. We're, you know, uh, we're, we're using these dating apps and we're not so much actually talking in person, uh, um, so to speak. Where you know we 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 go to class, we may see people. Or we pre-COVID, I guess, we'd see people. And then, oh hey, we saw them on this dating app. Let's see if they liked us too, because that already eliminated the whole having to, you know, to ask them out, the whole being turned down sort of thing. Because you know, my generation can't possibly be wrong or turned down without throwing a hissy fit. Um, You're a Gen Z. I'm looking this up Gen, online. Gen yeah. Z isn't like isn't it called Zoomers? Though? I'm about to. It may be. This thing may not go that. Anymore. I don't know. I I usually don't. Gen Alpha that. are people born from 2013 to 2025. Okay. The so, oldest age today would be seven years old. Gen Z. It doesn't go into what you call. Them. Maybe they are Zoomers. That may just be like a. I have heard Zoomers. Thing. Yeah, but, just, I don't. Well, follow see, that I'm stuff. a little bit out of. I don't follow it anyway. Yeah, something like a new thing could be like, you know, two months old. I never heard of it because I don't follow it. I really feel like I'm part of the lost generation. The lost generation? Yeah, I never heard of it before, but I feel like I'm part of it. It's from uh, the people born from 1890 to to 1915. He's just an old soul. The youngest one of those uh, today would be 105. Oh. Uh, Apparently, there's a lot of them still living. Okay. Interesting. I figured there'd only be like a handful of 105-year-olds running around. Yeah, I'm a I'm a millennial. Around, I guess. Yeah, but I, I I don't know if the dating thing is going to be as big of an issue though. I mean, what what's what's your input? I mean, I mean, you already throw you already threw your input in there, but like, if you, like I said, we're used to like just swiping around in these dating apps and saying I like you, maybe you like me. Oh, hey, you like me too. Let's yeah, talk. you would be better to talk on that because you've lived in that way. Yeah. Um, I hate it. I I, I absolutely hate it. Well, you don't you don't really know people it's all based on looks right literally and i'm I mean, not it's always i'm not based on looks. well somewhat looks are what attract you to the person in the first place but right. like you can you're not getting like on those dating apps which i've not been on them but like uh you know people make themselves look you know they show you the best of themselves sure you know when if you weren't using a dating app or well, they didn't exist back in the, back in the day, I guess mm-hmm. you were seeing people several days a week at different times wearing yeah. different things. You, you actually kind of got a little bit more sure. about what the person was about. More transparency. And, yeah. You know, Ooh, wow. This girl's wearing a mini skirt and has a tan and she's smiling. It's just this perfect smile. You know what I mean? Like, right. Whatever, I it. you know, See, it's, I, it, it's all like a flashy one picture. Thing. I use it because everyone else uses it. And otherwise well, you have I'm, to, I'm, otherwise I'm just getting nothing. Right. I just, I just don't get anything. But if, (laughs) if, if I can just go on there, like, okay, well, we'll see what we can get here. What you you do is you go to church. Yeah. And then you, 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 there might be five people your age going there or less. Okay. Yeah. Or you can go, you maybe find your uh, great grandma to go out on a date with when you go to church. That's another whole nother topic for discussion about Uh, the the death of the church. You know, it's all, I don't know. I hear them on Sunday, uh, Sunday mornings. Like they're, they're rearing outside. Mm. So I, but I, you know, the dating thing, but maybe it is totally different than when I was in college, as far as the dating scene goes. Cause when I was in college, it was a big, you know, that's where you, a lot of people ended up yeah. finding their significant other. Now they might be finding them in college now, but they're yeah. not finding them in the same sense. They're just maybe finding them on an app. Like you said, well, I mean, the other problem too was like, if you go walk up to someone and you think they're attractive, you know, you, 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 they're, they're gonna, they're gonna cry rape or on you or whatever. Like, I just thought you were attractive, you know? And the other problem is, uh, I, I guess this kind of like shifts the, uh, the topic a little bit, you know, the whole cancel Netflix thing with the cuties movie you know what I'm talking about. Do you know anything about that? I heard about it on, uh, Glenn Beck, I think. The, the movie is about the hypersexualization of children. So, and that that's the other problem too, man. So I, I wasn't 17 
four years ago, right? And almost anything went then. I got to be careful, man. I got to mm-hmm. <laughs> be like, oh, oh, she's cute. Oh, she's 15. Oh, well, I, I, bye. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I heard about that on Glenn Beck, I think, but I haven't. We only, with our two kids, the only thing we seem to watch on TV is Paw Patrol. Yeah, we haven't got there yet. I haven't got baby baby bus and I know Paw Patrol, but they, he hadn't started watching. We watch this thing called Baby Bus and yeah. Llama Llama Red Pajama and uh, Peppa the Pig. I I was initially kind of outraged by it myself, but then I I listened to Ben Shapiro's take on it. I'm like, okay, obviously Ben Ben Shapiro I think is about as non biased as a true Republican can be, in my opinion. I think that he lays out the facts. And what he discussed about it was, he said that he watched it and he was utterly disgusted. But he also said some of the last bits of the movie was how the girls left. So basically, it is these 10, 11-year-old girls that are participating in like these very lewd dancing, so on and so forth. And they're portrayed as though they are much older than they are. And the scenes are very uncomfortable for you to watch, especially because, you know, that is an 11-year-old girl. It's not some older actress who is small and whatever. These are 11-year-old girls that are dancing provocatively in front of adults, okay? And then towards the end, you know, they leave and they recognize that this was wrong, so on and so forth. So the movie itself is kind of about... um, Self-reflection. I mean, it was just about the hypersexualization of children and how wrong it was. and, and I, believe I think that it's that was getting, it's a, yes, and it's so bad, like yeah. I'm not saying I know about it, but it's obvious that it's getting worse in our society. Yeah. Um, and it's because everybody on these social media things, yeah. you know, that's what they're seeing. You know, these young kids are growing up seeing even their parents, yeah. you know, posting these super sexual things on Facebook and stuff like that. Those, those pageants that are like for 10, 11 year olds, you know, I'm talking those beauty. Pageants. I don't watch that stuff. Oh my gosh. I've seen pictures and they just want to make me want to vomit. Well, uh, so gross. back, back to the original conversation. Sorry, so on a tangent. No, it's okay. No, it, yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it, there's so many things about our society that have somewhat gone completely mental mm. and that's uh pre COVID. Yeah. <laughs> but the, 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 the purpose of this uh, conversation is somewhat COVID. I mean, we can talk about anything, but, um, I don't know enough about those topics. I do know about that cuties thing because it's apparently it's it's made so many waves. It's not good. Yeah, <laughs> it's real uh, bad. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I've not watched it, and I don't plan on watching it. Uh, actually, the one I, I heard about a show called The Social Dilemma on Netflix, one. and it was about how because of social media and cl- you know clickbait stuff, basically. Yeah. Which is the same reason these girls, the younger, they keep dressing the way they are. They want people to click on their image sure, and you know, sure. like it. Yeah. So every bit of what we're talking about is kind of clickbait material. Um, but people, um, the social dilemma supposedly, and haven't watched it yet, it's a documentary, but it's about how social media has changed the lens in which people, conservatives and liberals, see each other. Mm. Because the only... the the types of images that get pushed and promoted the most are memes or photos of the most extreme instances on both sides. And that drives the narrative for both sides. So it's pushing both sides, more extreme right, more extreme left. And it's due to that because that eventually it may be on social media, but it ends up making a news story on CNN or Fox. And it's, making everyone assume that that's how the whole country is when it's not really that, you know, you would actually be able to talk to these people that you may not see eye to eye with. But if you were to just be reading it, which we all get caught up in and seeing it, it's this social dilemma is causing us to think that this gap is so large, it can't be bridged. It's kind of crazy. It's fascinating. I, I want to watch it. It's supposed it's on, it's on Netflix. So I'm not canceling Netflix until I watch the social Darn. dilemma. Darn. Have you canceled your Netflix? I have not. I, I just use my parents' account. You know, and I, look, I'm as cheap as cheap can be. I'll, I'll use whatever I can. Yeah, any, I think I use somebody else's account, any, too. Any account I can not pay for, I'll take it. <laughs> you loved it when I started paying for the internet, didn't you? Hey, it, look, I was pretty happy about it, too. I mean, we've done pretty well with it. I, I basically take care of all the issues. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty hands-free for you. So. Yeah. 
Um, well, we've kind of exhausted most of this COVID stuff. And do you have any specific other topics you want to talk about? I mean, I'm I'm kind of good. I, I think I think what's really interesting though it's it's interesting to see how um, my uh, we were both Eagle Scouts. We both grew mm-hmm. up in in the BSA. Aside from the controversy that they're facing right now, that's a that is an entire podcast worth of stuff. But it's really interesting, and not to necessarily pat myself on the back, but it's like, wow, I really, uh, I remember my dad telling me that he, that I will one day curse the knowledge that I have learned from the scouts, and that is abundantly clear, and that is so true. I see, you know, I, I, I see all these people that are running around with chickens with their heads cut off, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's like with the whole, whenever the whole toilet paper thing was absurd, <laughs> You know, people in in people were thinking so linearly. I'm like, you guys are, you guys maybe buying up all the hand sanitizer, but what about the bleach? You know, they're they're only thinking one sided on these sort of things. I'm like, y'all y'all are gonna die. I don't I whether or not you hoard all this toilet paper or not. Yeah, so, it's like you want to be able to wipe your ass yeah. for like the next thirty years. <laughs> yeah, and diarrhea at the time wasn't even a symptom of COVID. <laughs> Yeah, I love, I love, man, the memes associated that back yeah. then, though, those were the best yeah. memes ever. It was the one, one of them said it was like the CEO of Procter & Gamble or something like that, because they made a lot of these uh, cleaning things, mm-hmm. and it was this like, uh, it was this like Indian dude with gold chains, like, and everything on him was gold. It was like he was just loaded. And then there was another meme that said, you know, the world's wealthiest woman, 2020. And it was this like old lady sitting around a pile of freaking oh, toilet paper. That <laughs> I was think like, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, man. I, I don't know. How about you? I mean, it's, it's, it's been it's surreal. It really is. And I hate to keep man. pounding on, you know, I'm, I do think wearing a mask. So like I've said this on several of my podcasts, I do think wearing a mask it will make a difference. I, yeah. I, I don't see how it, I don't see it. So I'm not an anti-masker. No, I know a bunch not. of people are. I am somewhat of a, you know, I'm a libertarian, basically, you know, I'm not as extreme as most, but most of my beliefs are libertarian leaning. And um, so I'm a conservative. Uh, so that's what, that, what I'm saying. But I don't like the government mandating things, you know, let people choose to do it or not. Yeah, but like just let the I, businesses I, require it if they want. Yeah, it, I, I would choose yeah. to wear a mask. You know, I don't want to get around yeah. people I don't know. And sure. so I'm not an anti-masker and all that stuff. But I just kind of what I want to, uh, you know, really reiterate in this conversation is I think there will be things tweaked with your college experience and with the high school kids and middle school kids but i really would be shocked if it got too much back to the way it was yeah i don't i don't i don't think it's going to step backwards greatly when's the last time you shook someone's hand yeah Yeah. and 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 i you know and i've said this to folks before on here but you know we're never going to feel totally comfortable again Probably not. No. Uh, you know, I might. I've never really felt super uncomfortable, but yeah. like, you know, we've made it a actual societal decision, basically, mm. uh, to change our culture and to change the way we educate people and to change the way that they perceive education. You know, we're, we're raising young kids to think this is the way that it is. And maybe it is going to be the way that it is. Sure. Sure. I mean, I think that I'm, I'm almost surprised that shopping hasn't completely changed. I mean, we already had people ordering groceries, ordering stuff already. But I mean, uh, I know Kroger has been offering like they, they used to charge you for their um, you could you could order their groceries and then do curbside pickup or whatever it is that they do. I know that they remove the cost from that. I think that more of that will continue to pick up. I mean, it may even who knows, it may excuse me even get to a point of. Okay, we can't have you in the stores anymore. Just tell what, just tell us what you want, and then we'll just go get it for you. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I, I I know I know most guys don't like they want to get in and out of the store, but I like to cook a lot. I kind of want to see what the sales are. I kind of want to do this, that, and the other. So I mean, I kind of hope that they don't get rid of that. I kind of like going into Kroger and looking at the sales and like, okay, that's good. I want to be able to inspect the kind of ingredients that I get to cook with. So I mean, even that may go away. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I think that was somewhat going, like you said, going away before all this. Yeah. 
Uh, I think the same thing is somewhat happening to restaurants also. I think that they're going to have to consolidate to survive and, and divide, you know, just ship the stuff or, or, you know, Grubhub it or whatever, as far as food goes. But, you know, little places aren't going to survive off of Grubhub orders. They're going to like, I always liken it to like Chinese yeah. food to make it, to get the kind of volume they need to still make good money, they're going to have to consolidate, and there might only be one or two Chinese restaurants in the whole town of Huntington, and yeah. then they all get just delivered out. Right, I mean, and, and their fees are already absurd. I don't know if you've seen any of the – like, there, there are some people, businesses, that will complain about Grubhub and places like that because they themselves have to pay that company a fee because obviously right. it makes their business more accessible already. They have to pay that – sometimes it, it's, you know, it's, it's a net loss because it doesn't even calculate – you know, that they have to pay people, but it'll show on there. Okay. Well, you owe us this amount of money. Well, the food costs this amount of you know, money. So I, you're not I said this anything. on one of my previous podcasts. It yeah. might've been the one with um, Brian Cox, but um, about buffets, but I just see that restaurants are going to have to consolidate. Yeah. And I also think that grocery stores were already had it in their five or 10 year plan to consolidate. You know, they were widening the aisles. Perhaps, they yeah. were having personal shoppers and, and it costs them more money up front because they're paying all these shoppers. Right. But I think their long-term plan prior to COVID, mm-hmm. I think this was their long-term plan is eventually enough people would be buying it online and either coming to pick it up at the location or we can just ship it to them Local delivery yeah, or whatever. that we can yeah. eliminate a lot of our locations and have one huge warehouse and just ship it. And then we can just tell people you still can come and shop our deals, but you're just going to have to find the nearest Kroger that allows you to shop in person. And it may be within like a hundred miles. I think West Virginia will be the last one of the last places well, to because see it. of it. Well, we're also just but, five to ten I mean, years could, behind everything. So. Yeah, but you could probably see that, couldn't you? It's <laughs> yeah, kind of like no, they were—they were—they were, they could, they were slowly in my mind. I think that somebody at a desk that's like CEO level, they were sitting around and they planned mm-hmm. in these grocery stores. This is how we compete. We have to eliminate stores. How sure. do we eliminate stores with the age of the internet? Well, we start to get people to ship, and this COVID fit right into their plan because pushed people that were apprehensive to do online grocery shopping into it. Sure. They may have trickled into it, you know, and it may have been a 20 year plan for Kroger, but now it might be only a five or 10 year. You get everybody used to it. Next thing you know, you're not going to the grocery store and it's almost because you don't have a choice. Maybe the closest grocery store you can go shop in is Columbus or something. Right. Or or maybe you're, so therefore you just don't go. Right. I mean, you, you may still have your, your local farm. Yeah, and you'll always have your local. You'll always have So I think that this stuff will be a boon on local businesses as well. I think that you're going to get the people that are always good, but then I think more people will say we don't. So it's it's going to be like a pendulum. You know, Walmart and all that took over local businesses and crushed Mm -hmm. them, but I think it's going to swing back because people are not going to like that. You know, they like they could go physically shop at Walmart, and there are going to be a lot of people that do like to shop from their computer. But there's going to be people that say, I quickly need to run out and grab X, Y, Z, like right now. Yeah. I didn't plan that far ahead. And they're going to have to go to somewhere and there will be a local place and they'll probably do better than they've ever done before. It'd be fascinating. This is going to, I said maybe a decade or more ago in my life, I said, you know, we, we've grown up in a time where, you know, my I grew up in a time where really it seems hard to, make millions or become a billionaire. You know, there was Mark Zuckerberg and he's my age and there are people like that that had some pretty cool ideas with the internet, but it's basically, you know, the times of the past come, the, all the good ideas were kind of swallowed up. Right. It's the way I thought, well, this pandemic, you're wrong. It's the wild <laughs> West. It really is. The yeah. pandemic is made. If you can think yeah. of ways to capitalize on how things are going to change because they are going to change. They're going to change. Well, you have know, you seen that new tool? What's that? There's this, there's a thing. So it's like, um, think of almost like uh, the shape of like a, a bottle opener. So it goes on your key ring and it's made for contactless, um, just access to things. So it's like, it, it's, it's like the, uh, it, you can like wrap around your finger. It has a hook on it and it has like a little bump on the end. So like, for example, that hook on it 
is to hook on to um, um, a door handles, right? So you can um, so you can just open the door handle, and the material is antimicrobial. So then, you know, if COVID exists, which they've already said that COVID can only exist on a surface for not very long. I don't know the exact timing on it, but it's, it's just this tool that's meant for 100% contact. So you can open doors, you can press buttons like on an elevator. If you're living in a big apartment building, you can do stuff like that. And this, it was a kid who made this, by the way. He's very, very wealthy at this point because he's just made this tool that goes in your keyring. You just don't have to touch anything. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. I think you could just brainstorm. I mean, there's so many yeah. things. Crazy. But, um, you know, let's, uh, let's end it here. It's been one hour and we've kind of hit up on a lot of stuff and, you know, Connor, maybe I can have you back after yeah, you've sure. uh, got your feet wet. You know, you've only <laughs> been in this for about two or three weeks. So I smacked the mic about twice. So I yeah. Well, I yeah. As far, as far <laughs> as actually be attending college during COVID, you've yeah. only been doing it for about three weeks. So if things change, yeah. things will change Oh, for sure. I just for don't sure. think they'll ever go back to normal, but it'd be nice to see once you get into a rhythm, what your thoughts are on it then too. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, um, Connor, thanks man. Hey, thanks for having me on Sam. I appreciate it. Yeah. No problem, dude. Take it easy. See ya. Youth that might still hollow out the stones This will be our little secret Cross your heart and hope to die today